I don't know what it... That's okay. It's from The Queen. It's a documentary. Oh, that Helen Mirren playing The Queen. Nominated no. for many Oscars, right? <laughs> no, not that queen. Oh. It's a different queen. Oh. It's it's from... Uh, it's about it's about drag queens and pageants. And uh, I'll, I'll say more about it later. Oh, okay. What about yours? Sorry for, for my attempt. My, the only British accent I can do is a Cockney accent. <laughs> Who is that supposed to be? I feel comfortable saying that word without an English accent. Oh, it's Lola from Kinky Boots. Okay. Okay, I got it. So, wait, was that uh, Chiwetel? Yeah. Okay. It sure was. Okay. (laughs) I was about to butcher his name, but... (laughs) Uh, Today we're talking about Paris is Burning. Yeah, we are. But before we talk about that announcement, we got a birthday boy in the building! Wah, wah, wah! That's right. Oh, I'm blushing. Yeah! Oh, he's red right now. (laughs) Look at him, 27 and blushing. Happy birthday! Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, it's a pleasure to get to podcast on my birthday. I like doing this podcast. It's awesome, fun. awesome. That's right. And, uh, what a great, what a great uh, birthday. Round of applause. Uh, picture to discuss. Woo! Oh. <laughs> Thank you for, for clapping here. And for those of you who are clapping at home or yeah. at the gym or in the supermarket. Or wherever you are. I really appreciate all of the love. <laughs> uh, let's get right into some movie movie news news. Yeah. My birthday isn't movie news. It's just news news. It's just news. Just movie 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 film film news news. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Candyman. Candyman. <laughs> we got the trailer. We were uh, excited Candyman. about the casting news way, way back. Way back, yeah. Now and, we get to uh, see it. Yeah, it's finally here. It's so cool. They're using that same font on the poster. Iconic. Iconic Candyman font. Um... Which kind of looks like honeycombs, has like that type of hexagon mm. shaping to it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's Candyman, and uh, I mean, it. I thought for a second that I might see um, Tony Todd. Tony Todd. Yeah, I don't no think they're sight. gonna. Re- yeah, I don't think they're gonna reveal him because I, I believe he is a part of it in nice. some way. Yeah, he's in the cast. It's yeah. nice that um, I don't feel they showed too much. Yeah, um, it was the. Uh, I like it in the horror movies where they use a tactic of just cutting different uh, scenes so you just get out of context uh, yeah. visuals and suspense mm-hmm. rather than an idea of what's going to happen, which um, is the case for another trailer we'll discuss shortly. Yeah. But yeah, love seeing uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. Mm-hmm. Some, like, love me some Coleman Domingo as well. Yeah, some Tiana Paris up in there. Mm-hmm. Maybe she'll be the final girl. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, this is coming from uh, Jordan Peele's production company, mm-hmm. Monkey Paw Productions. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. like his little stop motion logo with the skeleton with hand the, spinning the, yeah. the tea. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, 
And he, one thing I didn't like about the trailer is just the cliche slowed down pop song. Oh, yeah, that's becoming a trend now. In this case, I mean, um, the, the lyrics fit. It's uh, Say My Name, Say My Destiny Name, Child. But yeah, I don't think it worked as well as like I Got Five on it. No, and it definitely reminded me of uh, the trailer for the first Fifty Shades of Grey movie, which used also some Beyonce vocals, Crazy in Love, yeah. slowed down in Eerie. Yeah. Um, so I think anything that reminds me of Fishy, Fifty Shades of Grey isn't going <laughs> <laughs> to really jazz me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like, uh, you know, Yaya might become... The Candyman. There's there's a line in the trailer where he says, "I made a mistake. I brought him back." Yeah. <laughs> so, well, hopefully, that's uh, just a line in the movie and not meta text about the movie itself. It's both. It's a bit of both. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to this June. It's going to be mm. a scary summer. Scary summer. Yeah. Halloween in June. Mm-hmm. Uh, next trailer we watched was Run. Uh, Starring Sarah Paulson, mm-hmm. star of uh, American Horror Story. Yeah, lots of TV shows. Yeah, been in a couple movies. I don't know that she's really gotten to star in many. No, I mean her most recent is Split. Right, she was in Split. She was in, she Split. Was in Bird Box for like five minutes. Yeah, she was in The Spirit. If you remember that. Oh, uh, that's all. Yeah, a while ago she did yeah. a, like a. We didn't talk about it in the black and white movies, or the directing duos movies, but she was in a Duplass brothers movie that was in black and white yeah okay little romance i think she does really well in these uh like types of roles and uh projects where she has to really reach like high emotional intensity yeah Yeah. she's really good at at that yeah so in this um seems to be she's the antagonist the mother of yeah the protagonist yeah victim yeah, it, it comes from the from the team that brought us uh, searching. Searching. Did you watch that yet? I have yet to see it. John Chu. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. John John Cho. John Cho. John Chu. John Chu's the John Chu of, of Crazy Rich Asians. And Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. And in the Heights coming soon. Yeah. Yeah, but John Cho in searching that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the modern found footage horror mm-hmm. takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the writing's good. And I like Sarah Paulson, but yeah. nothing else about it got me excited. They showed too much. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious because I don't know if she's the, uh, the mother that is like keeping her child sick or something, yeah, or like seems abusing her child. Munchausen by proxy is pretty hot right now. Or a lot of, if she's like a, a kidnapper, if she kidnapped that child and right. then the child was too young to okay. really like know, and then it's just like starts getting curious and then finds out the truth because. It seems like the mother's not who you thought she was. Certainly not a caring, loving mother that's no. there to protect yeah. and uh, mother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk more about mothering uh, soon. Yeah. But we got some more trailers first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wendy. Yeah. The, uh, about the 100th ad- ad- adaptation of uh, yeah. Peter Pan. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. Um, do you like any of the Peter Pan, like, just hey, here's a new take on Peter Pan movies. No, just I mean, just Hook. You like Hook? I don't. That's like a Hulk. classic. You don't like Hook? Hook doesn't work for me. What? Oh I'm my sorry. goodness, that is a classic. That's so like Dustin do Williams me. and Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, I like and, I like them individually and in lots of other things, but not in that movie. Not in Hook. I loved it. Um, 
and I know uh, Joe Wright did like Pan yeah. uh, a couple years ago. Uh, I liked the trailer for that. Like yeah. really cool visuals and production Johnny design. Depp also has one. I feel like um, in, like Finding Neverland and like Neverland. Oh, right. Yeah. There's there's been so many. Um, but this this one comes from. Uh, the creators of Beast of a Southern, Southern Wild. Yeah, it's the director and one of the co-writers of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also didn't like that very much. You didn't like Beast? I'm sorry. Oh, what? I'm sorry. Oh, my goodness. We are finding out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, thought that, I thought it was kind of overrated. Yeah? Yeah. I think it was underrated. Really? I, yeah, like oh, that it was all the talk. That year, the only thing it got was an Oscar nomination, and I think one Oscar nomination. Oh, for, you think it should uh, have swept awards? No, I don't think that. I just don't think it was overrated. No, oh, I think it was like the most talked about independent oh. movie of that year. Um, and this looks equally uh, beautiful visually, yeah. but maybe even less interesting thematically. Yeah. Than beasts, I would say that I'm kids being kids, and I'm kind of interested in it, and I'm not really interested in like Peter Pan takes anymore because it's been beat over the head so much. But uh, I'm I'm kind of interested. It looks kind of blah to me. It looks it looks like Beast of the Southern Wild. I I don't know. I like the aesthetic of like wild kids in Mm. in the in in the in like in the wilderness. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm into that look. It looks interesting to me. Yeah, I'm also hot off a viewing of Troop Zero from the writers of Beasts of the Southern Wild, Mm -hmm. um, which I was also disappointed by, despite my love of the cast. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. Just not feeling great. Right. I'm not saying these people shouldn't be making movies. I just haven't been enjoying them. Okay. Okay. Uh, Troop Zero just like House and Janney's so good in everything she's in but she just deserves better yeah. and that transitions into yeah, her, another that trailer perfect segue. yeah uh, House and Janney's <laughs> gonna be in the HBO film I know it's TV but it's not TV it's HBO mm-hmm. and we just talked about Hulu it's trailer HBO last movie? week yeah okay um, it's called Bad Education this is from Corey Finley the playwright turned writer director who debuted a couple years ago with Thoroughbreds mm-hmm. a, a movie I really liked and mm-hmm. advocate for uh, this stars Hugh Jackman and Allison Janney it's based on a true story a playwright wrote this yeah okay and Thoroughbreds we watched that right we did watch the yeah. Breads. That was theatrical in yeah. the structure. I, I definitely like get that vibe from it. Watching it, it feels mm-hmm. theatrical. And like Hugh Jackman is a theater kid. <laughs> so. Yeah. Also, interestingly, was a teacher before an actor. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Oh, and in this, he seems to be playing. It's based on a true story. It appears to be a corrupt uh, administrator mm-hmm. of a school. Mm. And. Predictably, I think any trailer Allison Janney's in gets like the big quote, Allison Janney shines or something. Because yeah. <laughs> she does. She does and everything. Even in, uh, yeah, what was she in? She was in Ma. And I was just like, wow, she's phenomenal in Ma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking Allison Janney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. Uh, okay. Yeah. That wraps up our movie, movie news, news. Yeah. So let's begin our discussion on Paris is Burning. Yeah. 
space to do all that you intend to. This movie is about ball circuit. Competition among gay people under one roof. It's like crossing into the looking glass. How? They're families. Kids with broken homes or no home at all. My name is Angie Extravaganza, and I am the mother of the House of Extravaganza. I'm Willie Ninja, the mother of the House of Ninja. Ninjas hit hard, they hit fast. We come out to assassinate. I am Pepper LaBeja, the legendary mother of the House of LaBeja. And I've been around for two decades. Raining, that is. Some of them say that we're sick, we're crazy, and some of them think that we are the most gorgeous, special things on earth. They call them competitions. But believe me, they're wars. That's just the statement of the time. It speaks for itself. Paris is Burning is a 1990 American documentary directed by Jenny Livingston. Filmed in the mid to late 1980s, it chronicles the ball culture of New York City and the African-American, Latino, gay, and transgender communities involved in it. Critics consider the film to be an invaluable documentary of the end of the golden age of New York City drag balls and a thoughtful exploration of race, class, gender, and sexuality in America. I, I, uh, I agree with those critics. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very well-received documentary. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> four years ago it was selected for preservation by the National Film Registry of Library of Congress. That's really cool. <clears throat> so it got the uh, restoration, and uh, it's immortalized. Yeah, it's here forever. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it should be. Uh, it's 76 minutes, which yeah. is the first thing I want to say about it. It's short and um, sweet. If, docu- if you're not one to watch documentaries because they feel like uh, you don't want to learn when you're watching TV, you want an escape, trust me. Mm-hmm. This is, as someone who had this on my Netflix queue in the list for like two years, but just <laughs> didn't watch it, probably because it was a documentary and I thought it was just going to be um, very, very, very tragic mm-hmm. when it was just tragic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, don't let that stop you from watching it. It's a breeze. Yeah, I just no. watched it twice in the last week and feel like I could watch it just like once a week from now on and still catch new things. Yeah, this is like my six and a half time watching it. I like showing it to people and like, because I feel like it's such an important uh, documentary, like a important media to see. Um uh, to to anyone, uh, and it, I feel feel like it's really educational and eye opening. And there's no way you can leave this and not, you know, leave a better person because of it, with a better like understanding of it. E- yeah. Though now my mind is just racing trying to think of the type of people that would leave this and be oh, worse okay. off, or. Yeah. Um, but let's not talk about them. Yeah, let's not talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> starts off. Uh, you want to just uh, start it off, or like initial thoughts or anything, or did we already do that? I think we did. Okay. You have more thoughts? No. 
I think this is going to be a pretty free form conversation, seeing as it's not a narrative yeah. uh, picture like we're used to discussing. Though mm-hmm. so it is, uh, I guess, should we, let's just talk about the stru- how it's structured, really. Yeah. Um, there's several title cards. The first one is New York, 1987, setting mm-hmm. the place mm-hmm. and setting. Um, but most of them are either the names of uh, the interview subjects or mm-hmm. really like vocabulary, yeah, vocabulary vernacular yeah uh which follows information about what the words and uh different things are yeah but it's it doesn't it doesn't play like a people just reading a glossary yeah um i really enjoyed the way it was cut together and you really get a lot of uh individual stories within the framework of this is what a ball is. This is shade. This is reading. This mm-hmm. is voguing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's just uh, dive into all of it. Let's dive swim into around it. in it. Yeah, New York, nineteen eighty nine. Eighty seven. Eighty seven. Eighty seven. Eighty nine is that blog. Yeah. Uh, um, starts off in Times Square. One of the first shots is uh, like one of the news tickers. Mm-hmm. Uh, just noticed this the second time watching it. It's about the headline is white supremacist church holds first national convention. Uh, assuming they probably meant Westboro Baptist Church or something. Uh, But yeah, uh, while historical context isn't um, in the forefront of this, I like that the table setting of this is the world that this is right now. Yeah. Um, It starts off, I feel like, the first things is the first thing this movie says is uh very important as part like maybe its thesis right um and i i'm just gonna read read the quote it says i remember my dad used to say you have three strikes mm-hmm. against you in this world every black man has two that they're just black and that they're male but you're black and a male and gay you're going to have a hard fucking time. And if you're going to do this, you're going to have to be stronger than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Really uh, just bringing up what the rest of the picture is going to explore, just the yeah. intersectionality of uh, these different identities that are historically marginalized. Yeah. And just being born with strikes against you. Yeah. Yeah. And what what, what happens now. Yeah. You, sh- you just... Sort of survive mm-hmm. um we get our, our first character yes yeah uh the legendary uh pepper labasia uh is, is it pepper labasia the first uh performance we see with like the which gold, gold sleeves yeah so yeah uh they're entering the the club and like the her first line I'm going to trip with pronouns this whole podcast. I guess we should have talked about this. Okay. I guess when they're performing, I'll use female pronouns. Okay. And I'm not sure. Or you I can always just say them, they, if you're like... I'll say neutral. No. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're entering the ball, and the, uh, Pepper's first line is, we have to open that door. Yeah. And I like the, uh, the <laughs> levels to that to that statement, because that's um something Paris is Burning is attempting to do, is opening this door. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then we enter, and it's. Uh, I think one of the one of the people says it's a it's the Alice through the Looking Glass, and that's really uh, 
the effect, the colors, and the dizzying camera moves. It really mm-hmm. puts you in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those and sleeves. Those sleeves, <laughs> yeah. Those big donuts. And they come off. And she takes them off in the most fabulous way possible. And everyone clears the floor. They have to get out of her way. She is the mother of the house of Labasia. Yes. Yes. She was not the founder. No. But uh, she rules it now. Yes, with a soft hand. And uh, <laughs> yeah, all, all, all this is said with such authority. Mm-hmm. And um, her interview starts with uh, just, I guess, the acknowledgement of the fact that I'm, I'm sitting down and being filmed for a documentary. Yeah. Uh, Do you want me to say who I am and all that? Yeah. Um, and I like uh, just right <laughs> off the bat, just calling to attention that even this is a performance uh, yeah. being interviewed for this mm-hmm. movie. Um, we learn ball culture. Mm-hmm. Ball um, is the first, uh, I guess, vocab word. Yeah. I'm such a, I'm such a nerd, nerdy right. student writing down all the vocabulary. <laughs> a ball is an event um, in the gay community, in the gay black community, where people gather together um, to compete. Mm-hmm. And to have fun, um, and uh, ball culture for them is like their sports. It's like their basketball mm-hmm. game. You know that that's what they say in the documentary. You it's, know what I mean? It's like as close to reality as they'll get to the spotlight, the yeah. fame. Mm-hmm. They prep for this just like an NBA player would practice dribbling and uh, drills and shooting and dunking. They practice walking and voguing and 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 like getting their costumes together whether they make it or they get it from somewhere they put a lot of hard work into this mm-hmm. um <clears throat> yeah the balls are are their apex at, at this point mm-hmm. so we're seeing uh many groups of people just speaking on that while uh being interspliced I just I like just seeing all the people are just on the street answering the the questions mm-hmm. or uh, at a park on the bleachers or my, I mean my favorite spot where people are interviewed and in this is on the pier just because it's beautiful yeah and I love uh, shots of water and yeah. sunsets in general yeah and it's so natural mm-hmm. you know what I mean but that's all interspliced with uh, footage from balls from mm-hmm. performances and uh, some audio of I guess the the MC mm-hmm. and we get. Uh, the, the announcement that you have the space to do all that you intend to. Yeah. And that really uh, just emphasizes that this is like the refuge for these populations that don't get to be themselves. Yeah. Um, outside in the world. Yeah. They, they talk about uh, feeling uh, cheated, mm-hmm. not being able to obtain all the riches that they see um, and that the ball allows them to live that fantasy at the ball you can be anything you want to be for the night you know Mm -hmm. Uh, which includes just for some uh, someone that has shelter even a lot of uh, the attendees as we're told by uh, Pepper is that some people aren't even eating they come to the ball starving yeah they don't have a home to go to but the ball comes up, they steal something, they get something to wear, yeah. and uh, they get to live the fantasy for the night. Yeah. And it's really, um, it's reminiscent of the, just the story of Cinderella, who I guess we just think of like this dirty white girl, but yeah. <laughs> who gets to be princess, but yeah. uh, at the core of it, it's anyone that's, yeah, that's under, that's this, the, these are the real Cinderellas, honestly. Yeah. 
they pull it together for the ball. Yeah, Cinderella's so camp. It is. Think about it. Yeah, it's very camp. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why haven't they done like a? They may have, and I probably just didn't see it. They have one coming out with Billy Porter as the fairy godmother. Oh, but but why isn't he Cinderella? (laughs) I don't know. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that'll still be cool. That gets to be the fairy godmother. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they get to live this fantasy and. It's not like a winged dragon fighting elves fantasy. The fantasy is just being. Yeah. Just being in the world mm-hmm. as yourself, which uh, is everyone speaking about it with such pride and uh, showing yeah. off this culture that they participate in. They're a member of the community, and, but there's just uh, definite sadness to it, just yeah. the circumstances that uh, brought it. But the the interviews don't dwell on that at no, all. No, 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 they don't. The, the focus is really the life and the celebration. Yeah. Of these spaces. Yeah, because the space was created out of hardship. It was created out of segregation. It was created out of exclusion, mm-hmm. right? So they weren't included in in a majority of spaces. So they created their own. So they get to celebrate that. That's what a majority of this is about. It's just a celebration mm-hmm. of their the space that they created. Yeah, and we get some history from uh, Dorian Corey, mm-hmm. who. Uh, in those interviews is primarily sitting in front of a, uh, a vanity mirror. Yeah, like the way the Dorian's interview is done. Yeah, uh, it there's no like montage of this is the process of uh, getting your your um, what your outfit together. Mm-hmm. It's not just called outfit, is it? There's got to be a better word for it than that. Maybe your costume. Costume. Yeah. It's getting yourself together. Um, but we just get to see it and, and be present for it while we're learning about the history, which is the, the attitude. Doran's attitude is mostly uh, cynical. Yeah, mostly. I mean, it's uh, I guess if you've been around long enough, you get to see all these changes. Yeah. It started out with um, people always being showgirls. Yeah. And that's what it was. Yeah, that's how Doreen started out as a, as a showgirl. Yeah, and most of the people at the balls are, like, emulating that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it changes, and now uh, people are being, dressing up, uh, taking after uh, famous actresses. And models. And then eventually models. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, like, the 70s. Oh, yeah, the 70s introduced the age of the movie star. Mm-hmm. And then the 80s brought uh, models. So then right. everything became modeling, and, 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 like, Vogue was, like, really big, and that became part of the the zeitgeist for them part of their culture um the goal the goal of participating in balls is to win trophies and to become legendary Mm -hmm. right um celebrity status celebrity status they compare it to winning an oscar right which makes sense because an oscar would be like the the highest honor for for acting for acting competition Mm -hmm. yeah it's um really attaining status in the only way and in the only form where they're able to yeah and in this world that they created um someone like pepper labasia like dorian Corey, they are famous they are mm-hmm. legendary they are as famous in their world as liz taylor is to like the general public mm-hmm. Dorian says it's it's the same kind of fame. It's just a different quantity. It's just know? fame without money. Yeah. Without uh, 
power in uh, society, mm-hmm. just a community. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learned from Dorian that the really the biggest change in ball culture over the years is the expansion uh, into more categories. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, I, I guess it's moved. Uh, more towards inclusion so making sure everyone has yeah. an opportunity all different types of people that are coming to the balls because it's not one type of person coming yeah. to balls yeah um it's just a, a great diversity within that community and now everyone has a category to compete in to be whatever they want and have the chance to earn trophies yeah and there, there are so many categories i'm just going to list some of them there there uh there's up and coming pretty girl there's high fashion winter sports mm-hmm. <laughs> there's town and country there's luscious body there's school realness schoolboy schoolgirl realness yes um college high school not here uh banji butch queen like countless 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 i can see an Even event like this going forever yeah executive realness executive realness military mm-hmm. yeah um, um when when they get to executive realness yes um dorian Dor- dorian's one of my favorite people in this movie because she's so cynical and so like such but a so wise yeah very wise Just been around so long as has learned so much yeah and dorian says in real life you can't get a job as an executive unless you have the educational background and the opportunity now the fact that you are not an executive that you are not an executive is merely because of the social standing of life that is a pure thing black people have a hard time getting anywhere and those that usually are are straight but the fantasy of the ball allows you to say that if i had the opportunity I could do it. I could look the part. I like that you you got all these quotes. Yeah. Uh, I was worried we would just be paraphrasing everything and like it's a 76 movie and we would 76 minute movie that we would end up just uh yeah, having a less succinct way of uh, no, I really wanted to like grab yeah. bits of this. So I want to uh, say, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast to learn about ball culture, mm-hmm. just watch the movie. It's on Netflix, yes. and then come back for the discussion. Yeah, um, because yeah, what a great quote, and uh, yeah, no way we could say it better. Yeah, um, and and it's all about opportunity. I remember when uh, Viola Davis won her Emmy. A, f- a few years ago, maybe like 2017 to mm-hmm. 2016. And in her speech, she just she talked about how, you know, she's not the first great black actress in a, in a, in a, in a, in a drama. She's only here because she got the opportunity mm-hmm. and had someone else gotten the opportunity before her. They could have been here. But it's all about being given the chance. You know, to showcase it. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of importance in uh, the type of people that are showcased over history because yeah. uh, just the prolif- proliferation of uh, the images of uh, the beauty standard being just petite white women. Yeah. Uh, just everywhere you look, magazines, yeah. advertisement, television, movies, that really uh, does psychologically affect the viewer mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. Um, so we and we get uh, evidence of that in Dorian Dorian Corey saying uh, that uh, everyone want, wanted to look like Marilyn Monroe. She wanted to look like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. But 
really wanted to look like Nina Horn, but no one wanted to look like Nina Horn just because of how uh, stigmatized black performers were. Yeah. She didn't even realize that's she, yeah, she didn't actually realize what uh, the the aspiration was. Yeah. Just wasn't there, supported by culture. Yeah. And that's just really powerful. I love how this documentary attacks opportunity and just representation mm-hmm. and just how important representation is. Yeah. Um, in, in media. And then uh, we get the, our first of like one or th- like, uh, I guess, three uh, quick, very quick montages of just white people out in the world. Yeah. And just after seeing all of the footage from balls mm-hmm. and everyone, all the different categories, all the costumes put together and all these performances, then just being like out in uh, like downtown Manhattan yeah. and just seeing... Uh, just people performing whiteness out in the world, just mm-hmm. doing the same performances, but just within the culture where it's accepted and encouraged uh, for these people to be this way. Yeah. And they're rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. And while it's showing, while it's showing this, this montage of like, just like Manhattan and white people, it's, it has this voiceover saying yes. streets can do almost mm-hmm. anything they want, but when you're gay, you have to monitor everything. And that's, that's very true. Um, you, you have to monitor the way you look, you have to monitor the way you talk. Uh, I remember when I was a little kid, uh, and I'm a kid, mind you, uh, I was running around and then somebody went back to my mom, a grown man went back to my mom and told my mom that I ran like a girl. Fuck. Right. Um, I remember my, my mom telling me this and then it just, it made me question like, I wasn't running like a girl, like, and then you have to, while you're running, you have to think about the way you're running. You know what right. I mean? When, when someone says, oh, you have a gay voice. Now you have to think about the way you're talking. Now you have to modify that. Cause yeah, it's, it's just wrong. Yeah. Po- policing just people's natural being. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's part of, it's part of life. In that voiceover, um, he even says, uh, like a man and woman can pretty much just have sex in the streets. Yeah. And this is the eighties, New York. <laughs> they can, they can, and they did <laughs> get um, a hump in for me. And when, yeah, when, uh, gay folks attempted the same things, uh, wide history of police brutality and incarceration Yeah, for, uh, I mean, homosexuality was in the DSM, like, uh, it's considered a mental illness and it was treated poorly, Mm -hmm. as poorly as mental illness was and is treated. Yeah. They treat it as a (sighs) mental illness. They try and pray it away. They have like camps and all Mm -hmm. type of stuff. Um, we get into realness. Yeah. We get the cue card for realness. Now, realness is passing. Dorian sums it up perfectly in saying it's really just a case of going back into the closet. Hmm. Yeah, the, the goal is to look as much as your straight counterpart. Yeah. Um, realness can go beyond like gay and straight. It can also go into like race. It can also go into being a white passing person and just uh, camouflaging yourself into that and, and just being uh, ignoring that other part of you and yeah. passing yeah this is around being real <clears throat> this is around where we uh are introduced to i mean shortly after the realness where we learn that concept we meet 
Venus Extravaganza yes. for the first time, who's mm-hmm. a half Italian American, half Puerto Rican mm-hmm. uh, woman. Yes, that passes as a white woman, mm-hmm. um, or goes through life attempting to pass as a white woman. Yeah, doing a pretty damn good job. She's fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, we get uh, so a story from Pepper Labasia, though. That we should highlight. Yeah. Um, Pep, yeah. Pepper was just talking about being being young and gay and uh, hanging out with uh, their girls and their their parents finding out that they dre- uh, dress like a woman and uh, was probably taking hormones and uh, mm-hmm. developed breast and just how um, their parents reacted um, how she says like my mother loved me, but the nagging like she just wouldn't shut up about it, right. and um, she burned her clothes, burnt, burnt, burnt her her furs. You know what I mean? She had a nice mink coat, chinchilla. Yeah, uh, burned it. Yeah, uh, I mean Pepper's a legend, so has tons of trophies, but had yeah. to go through life pretending they were from basketball or track. Yeah, couldn't be honest about. Uh, the, the real achievements that yeah. have been earned. Yeah, a lot of people in the ball scene are there because they don't have family, um, and 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 you know the legendary members are not excluded from that hardship. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, they found their way there just like everyone else. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and this uh, just uh, this idea of just being young out in the world trying to find your way mm-hmm. and trying to figure out who you are and to be yourself yeah. and when that is uh, who you are is someone that's not accepted uh, by those in power mm-hmm. in our society uh, it's illustrated by uh, this 13 year old boy who's out at 226am yeah. just being interviewed out on the street uh, with his friend or boyfriend I assume they're yeah. holding each other with a uh, a lot of intimacy. Uh, and he's asked where his mother is. And he says, I don't have a mother. I don't have a mother. And he says, everyone has a mother. Where'd you come from? Like, <laughs> everyone pops out of somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, mother's not around. Father's, father's not, not around. around. Yeah. No home. No home. He just gets to be out. Out at out at 226 mm-hmm. with a huge smile having the time yeah. of his life. Yeah. Even the, the friend um, says he has a mother, but he's still out. Right. Yeah. Living a, another life. Mm-hmm. Um, now we learn about like this redefinition of families within yeah. uh, queer culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, rejection leads to a search for a family, which ties into like the introduction of Venus because Venus was cross-dressing and then the family found out and she didn't want to embarrass her family. So she ran away to New York um, and was brought into the house of extravaganza. Now we get houses, right? And what houses are in yeah. the ball scene. They're, quote, a gay street gang. Yes. <laughs> and uh, where street gangs fight in the streets, uh, the houses fight by walking in the categories and earning trophies for their mm-hmm. house, mm-hmm. for their family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the line about uh, hippies like redefine families where it wasn't just the heteronormative uh, nuclear mother, father, and kids and mm-hmm. a dog 
yeah. <laughs> in a house. Uh, and people didn't really question that, which was questioned, just not yeah. to the same degree as uh, these families. But yeah, family is just any close, tight-knit community where uh, human beings are supportive and loving for each other. Yeah. And uh, th- yeah, we get into mothers. Yeah, we get into... Well, okay, so right before mothers, they talk about founding like uh founding a house yeah people and what starting that, houses and what that what that is so in order to found a house you have to be a legend right <laughs> you gotta find it you have to be a legend you have to be a winner right mm-hmm. you have to and it also comes down to wanting to leave a name behind right and have a legacy, legacy. yes it's celebrity the, fame yeah it's all about that there's so much of that in this documentary um and then yeah we get into mothers we uh we meet angie extravaganza yep yeah um, extravaganza's mother the mother mm-hmm. of the house of extravaganza yep and she is winning mother of the year yeah we that's like how we meet her is yeah being awarded the trophy so and we don't even see angie uh until the it's already called out mother of the year and mm-hmm. extravaganza yeah so you're like or if you're like me you're watching you're like all right let's see the, like how <laughs> if you're mother of the year you better you better be good and uh, i think angie lives up to it yeah when, uh, um, she enters on screen yeah she just talks about how like being a mother is well actually it's willie that says that but being a mother is about being the the strongest and the best in like leading your house. It's also about taking care of the children in your house. Uh, with Angie, um, it's like just like <laughs> the, the like the 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 members in in her house talking about how great she is and like buying her breast. Mm, yeah, giving giving uh, her children a place to live. Yeah, a couch to sleep on. Yeah, a family to have in a home. Mm-hmm. Uh, which every person should have. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a shame that that feels like a somewhat radical stance to <laughs> to say and to me. Yeah, as um, as a house mother, you have a, a big responsibility. Mm-hmm. You have people that look up to you that yeah. you take care of. Um, we meet Willie Ninja. Willie Ninja. Of the House of Ninja. Yes. Named so because he hits hard and fast. Like a ninja. Like oh, an assassin. Oh, that's what he meant. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, Willie Ninja is the vulgar. Yeah. You know what I mean? We got a lot of uh, walkers, um, but now we get a vulgar. Um, and voguing is, well, pretty much the whole ball wait, wait, scene wait, wait, is wait. like... We didn't get to vogue. We got some stuff before. Voguing. Okay. Because um, when they're still talking about houses, I think this is the funniest part in, in the documentary. <laughs> uh, we, we go back to Pepper LaBeja saying the house of LaBeja is the legendary house. Yes. Uh, New York City is wrapped up in being LaBeja. So it really speaks for itself. Yeah. Cut to La Beja, I wouldn't be caught dead in that house. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I feel like he says La Beja wouldn't be caught dead in that house. No. No? Well, he okay. says, he's uh, presumably asked how do you feel about House of La Beja? Okay. Yeah. After we're just told everyone's in, wrapped up in La Beja. Because I wouldn't want to be caught up in the house. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't. I don't think we get this guy's name. Freddie. Freddie Pendarvis. Oh, oh, we do. Okay. Yeah. I really, really was uh, 
taken by Freddie. Yeah. Super charismatic uh, yeah. in the baby blue tank top. I mean, he was interviewed on the pier, yeah. which was my favorite. Just a beautiful uh, scene to to interview someone in, and I understand yeah. that uh, certain piers were definitely hubs for uh, yeah, that be- culture. The the pier is on the Christopher Street stop, which is where Stonewall is, mm. where the first brick was thrown, right. where Pride started. So that's by, where that by is. Black trans women. Yes. Exactly. Um, so yeah, the, the pier pops up a lot because it is the hub. Yeah. It is that 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 spot in New York for for gay culture. One thing I like about Freddie is um He's holding in his hand a Betty and Veronica double digest. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just, just a benign example. Just it's there in the frame. Just uh, the white women in the media, mm-hmm. and like uh, also just makes me think. I don't watch the show, but it, it's my understanding. Uh, it's just funny. Like Riverdale, like the Archie universe is now like a campy TV show. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just like that. <laughs> Uh, so then we learn about shade. Shade. Uh, shade comes from reading. Reading came first. Yeah. Reading is the real art form that developed into shade. Yeah. Um, shade is uh, illustrated as, like, in the balls, as, like, the nitpicking, uh, pointing out the flaws in people's performances because to win the trophy, you have to be perfect. Well, that's actually reading. Reading is the nitpicking, unless. Well, the okay. So there's the scene with uh, the being yelled at for wearing a men's garment, mm-hmm. and just the yelling of the buttons are on the right side. Yeah. It's a men's garment. Yeah. Uh, the nitpicking, getting clocked. Mm. All right, so you get clocked. Oh, clocked on. wasn't even in the movie. Yeah. Right. Okay. So like, there's so many words that are like <laughs> thrown around in the background. So like, clocked is one of them, right? So you are supposed to be in uh, men's a men's fur coat, right? But the buttons are on the wrong side, so on the lady side. So you mm-hmm. get clocked on that. You know, okay. you get that. Just like uh, the like a different vocabulary right. for like nitpicking, just pointing out. You know what I mean? Um, so then reading is taking the flaw that you clocked and exaggerating it in a mm-hmm. uh, like an insulting way. Yeah. And I like um, first it shows like how it was born from just insults are thrown at these people for being out in the world, for being themselves. Yeah. Uh, just gay people having insults thrown at them by uh, straight people. Yeah. And that's not. That's not reading. That's not reading. That's just that's just vulgarities. Yeah. yeah, but in this community, and I like this example that uh, Dorian Corey gives. If you're both black queens, you can't just call each other black queens and that be the insult because yeah. you're a black queen too. Right. So when you're in uh, an environment where there's more people like you, where you have these similarities, you have to go deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Being a black queen is just a fact yes. in that room. Mm-hmm. It's not the thing that makes you stand out or anything or right. the thing to be insulted. You have to find something else. Yeah. I don't love that it then like devolves into just body shaming, but Yeah. Uh that's I guess that's, there's there's still comedic edge to it. Yeah, that's the <laughs> I, I can't judge. That's the read, right? And then so the read is like and Dorian says this perfectly, so the read is you're ugly. The shade is I don't have to tell you you're ugly. 
because you know you are ugly, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like the the shade is like a, a slicker mm-hmm. version of of a reed where you kind of go like, huh? What what did you just say? The re- yeah, the reed is where you collect the ingredients yeah. to then throw the shade. Yes. Shade now being just a super mainstream slang word that like many of the uh, vocabulary and yeah. pieces of the culture yeah. from uh, the queer community that's just been taken by the mainstream. Yeah. Uh, just people just say now. Yeah. I mean, as you probably know, except maybe my mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> Hi. People say shade all the time. They say shade all the time. Um, and really, that's in part to like drag race being so mm. like uh, RuPaul's drag race. RuPaul's drag <laughs> race being as popular as it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Another. Uh, piece of this culture that broke through in a big way in mainstream is voguing. Yes. Which came from shade mm-hmm. because it's a way to throw shade while dancing. Yeah. It's, it's a dance a, fight. Yes, it's a dance floor fight. Which I, I, I didn't know. I knew what voguing was. Mm-hmm. You know, Madonna. Yeah, see? <laughs> I know Madonna. I know the, of the, the magazine Vogue. Yeah. And got the, yeah, the you dance did the, thing. The, yeah, yeah, just like that. I just did the dance. I looked dumb, box, but, it, box, yeah, but it's my birthday, head. so don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I didn't know the piece of it, which is that it's really telling a story and throwing. You're throwing shade at your dance partner, and you yeah. know it was part of that. And I enjoyed uh, the example of just pantomiming, like uh, getting the makeup uh, mirror out, yeah. putting it on yourself, and yeah. it's this whole. Uh, Really, this whole narrative you're expressing through dance, through the art form of voguing, mm-hmm. uh, throwing the mirror back for the other person to be like, you need this, look at yourself, you're yeah. ugly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, voguing gets, like, real aggressive. Yeah. And, uh, you know what I mean? It, 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 when, when they're showing it, they like, no touching, do not touch each other, or I'm, like, chopping both of you. Chopping is another word that doesn't pop up in a cue card. Mm-hmm. It's a part of, like, the vocabulary, the okay. language, the culture. Now, when you're in a ball and you get chopped, it means you get cut. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. like, you get eliminated. Or, like, your look is a chop. It's no good. You got to have a lot of looks in these because it's, like... You're freezing in like different poses. Yes. I feel like you gotta have like a huge Rolodex of like a bunch of poses that yeah. you can just snap into in an instant. You gotta you gotta study models. Yeah, clearly uh, a lot of time and attention and mm-hmm. practice and care has to be put into it to mm-hmm. uh, to win. Yeah, and athleticism as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he says it in, it includes. Um, gymnastics yeah and it takes it draws from the hieroglyphics of egypt you know oh yeah I mean? yeah i forgot about that line just yeah. really bringing it all the way back yeah uh to our oldest rec- recorded uh preserved art form mm-hmm. of language mm-hmm. yeah willie ninja wants to yes. uh bring vogue yes has big dreams wants to bring vogue to the to the world he wants to bring his house to japan and he wants to be a star he doesn't know exactly how whether it be uh, as a choreographer or as a dancer himself or whatever he knows that he has big dream many of the of the cast and then this documentary have uh big dreams mm-hmm. um the the documentary flows so well where like just talking about 
breeding just flows into talking about voguing. Yeah. So then the voguing card comes up. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really even feel like it's broken into sections. It just float one thing flows into mm-hmm. another, and it all comes up naturally. Yeah. Um, voguing leads into being a star, right? Being rich now. Talking yes. about richness and money and then like all that stuff is very present throughout the whole documentary. Um, it leads us into LaBeja talking about sharing wealth, right? Like she had the money that she would share it to everyone. She couldn't hoard all that. Yeah, all, she says all that she's lived a great life. Um, but imagine yeah, if she, imagine if she yeah. lived that life with money. Yeah. Oh, the looks that she yeah. did like turn. Um, I'm already this great. Imagine what money could do. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then we get opulence. You own everything. Right. Um, I, uh, I love the sailor hats. Yeah. The scarves, the sunglasses. Mm-hmm. We see a small dog in pearls, which is mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> um, and like they're at the balls, I guess they set up a whole table. Yeah. This whole category comes with so many props. It's yes. amazing. They have like bottles of wine that they're sitting. Yeah. Just, uh, you have to be super fancy, mm-hmm. super rich, uh, super white. Um, this is white America. Then we get another quick quick shot of uh just white people out in the world uh doing the same exact thing yeah um and pretty much how every minority knows this right and they will know this until the day that they die and this is the goal right the american dream Mm -hmm. um is to be I want to say is to be like white, but a rich white person. Yeah, to be is, a rich white person. The, uh, that's what you see. I think is right? the end goal, according to our culture, the end goal of American culture. Is, yeah, I mean that the, we have this whole system of capitalism that is yeah. definitely uh, a big part of Paris is burning. Just the aspiration of uh, attaining wealth mm-hmm. and the power that comes with that, and. Um, Historically and presently, that is all in in the hands of the select uh, white people that then extend their power and protections and privileges to other white people. Yeah. Um, God bless America. God bless America. I love the line, uh, uh, American black behavior. Modification. I'm going to butcher this. Yeah, for the last 400 years, there's been a modification of Mm -hmm. uh, the behavior of black americans yeah just yeah. J- just like uh, they had everything to, stripped to away fit in in the culture be like this mm-hmm. and build it from the ground up mm-hmm. for them yeah and, and tragic yeah and uh yeah this was a i was getting i was getting tired of uh the biopics i mean i love selma mm-hmm. i made the whole argument that it's more of a historical political drama than mm-hmm. a biopic but yeah, I'm really glad we're ending uh, Black History Month with this. Yeah. Um, and I love the the way it branches out um, to so many uh, just big ideas yeah. and issues mm-hmm. while being a 76 minute super entertaining roller coaster. Yeah, it's so um, packed, like tightly in- packed. Informative, entertaining. We'll get more into that mm-hmm. because we got to talk about Octavia Saint Laurent. Yes, she's here. We go 45 minutes before meeting her. Yeah. But uh, a big part of the the back half of the documentary mm-hmm. 
because mm-hmm. she, like many of the other people, she wants to be a somebody. She yeah. says, I am a somebody. I want to be a rich somebody. Yes, she wants to be rich. Uh, For modeling. Uh, yeah, and be a household name. She's got right? uh, and posters I'm, on her wall with yeah. all these white models. Yeah, and uh, that just goes with being seen. Mm-hmm. And in order to be seen, you have to be accepted. Um, it takes, it took a like, uh, I guess this is part of the tragedy of Paris is Born. It takes a, it took a long time for someone like uh, Octavia to be seen, right? Mm-hmm. It isn't until today that we have, we have Pose, we have... Um, it literally took me until just a couple of days ago to see Octavia St. Laurent, which, uh-huh. um, yeah. I, I'm forgetting the actress name from Orange is the New Black. Laverne Cox? Yeah, it it took until Orange is the New Black for us to have. Yeah, I mean, Laverne Cox is, I came so quick with the name because uh, she's the first trans actress that I knew the name of. Yeah, and she's also the first trans actress, I want to say, to get an Emmy nomination for acting. Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm. Want to talk about portrayals of white wealth? Watch Transparent. Mm. Um, get get all the exploration of gender without having having to worry about uh, mm. class or race. Yeah. Um, and in order to be a part of that culture, in order to be to be seen, um, you have to look the part. Um, and at a certain point and in the culture and like the overall culture, not just gay culture, it became not about what you could create, but what about what about you could acquire? Um, I feel like this is a big thing in the black community in general. When the when the when the military guy is talking mm-hmm. about you can't strut down the, the, the runway and a 14 uh dollar garment or $50 garment and be applauded right mm-hmm. you have to like have like you your outfit has to like be expensive right it has to like show money I feel like that is like a big part of black culture is just like showing wealth through clothes or through appearance yeah because for so long that's something that was missing yeah and um forbidden restricted yeah. limited yeah. um that, that guy, that gentleman talks about uh, the people participating in the balls that they stay at home all day with this potential. Yeah. They don't get to show off their potential or uh, fulfill that anywhere other than when they walk into the balls and uh, the ball, they go into the ballroom and then they get to, to be someone yeah. and to be something and they have all this potential. It's the only way to get it out. Yeah. Because the, the world doesn't allow them to use that potential and elevate themselves yeah, and that, further than that. And at this point, there's a great uh, needle drop because uh, be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the music of Paris is Burning, which oh, really, music is so really helps the feel. Uh, and familiar. And so right after this interview, we hear uh, the line in the song, uh, everybody's looking mm-hmm. for something. Mm-hmm. Sweet dreams mm-hmm. are made of these. Um, yeah, really uh, well-selected, uh, curated mm-hmm. soundtrack that fits in with yeah. what's being discussed with sweet lyrically dreams. and uh, the vibe and the tone. Got to be real. Yeah, whoever the music supervisor of this really did a great job. Yeah, 
getting the license for all this music mm -hmm. and just screen. and just fitting it in uh where soundtracking the movie in a way that just really drives home yeah. a lot of things being discussed so mopping yes as we stated earlier a lot of these kids a lot of the the people in the ball scene are very poor um don't even have uh they sleep on the pier you know what i mean they don't even have shelter mopping, um, mopping's the last like definition we get yeah and i love that it came after everything else where we get these very in-depth uh varied analyses of what uh these concepts are and then we mm -hmm. get mopping and we go back to the pier with freddie yeah who's trying He's like the trying. other words to give these in-depth verbose explanation mopping is when uh well you know the certain people don't have you all go the things you so see something you know, that you like mopping stealing mopping stealing it's stealing, yeah. <laughs> it's stealing. <laughs> just gets right to it yeah so mopping is stealing yeah um, <laughs> you, you steal the garment the garment you don't yeah. create it anymore um, making it isn't enough yeah dorian corey actually complains that it used to be all about what can you make what kind of clothes can you put together for yourself yeah and now it's all what can, what can you acquire yeah what does right that, from there what brand can you right get? from there we cut back to octavia st laurent uh in a department store picking out clothes yeah so we get to see all these different uh attitudes and perspectives on uh, the evolving culture. Yeah, and I guess at a different types of participation. I guess it. at a certain point, brands did become really big in America. I guess it wasn't always that way, right? Mm. I think. Well, I think Dorian Dorian was more just talking about the evolution within the culture. Okay. So it's like more about what can you get from the store and okay. show off. Okay, I feel like in American culture, there was a certain point where. Brands like having name brands. I guess people don't have like over. sewing machines in their house like they used to. Yeah, I feel like sewing was a big part of, of like American yeah. culture. Okay. At a certain point, I, I'm and not sure that that change clothes. happened from the 70s to the 80s. No, so. no, 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 no. <laughs> it goes yeah further back than that, but for well, our time's sake, we get we get the story about Roy Rogers, which oh, yeah. I didn't fully understand because the only Roy Rogers. Uh, experiences I've had are on uh, like turnpike rest stops. Yeah. So I, I guess Roy Rogers was like a Chipotle type of place where you go up and you order your food specific. No. no what Roy, was you describing? Roy like Rogers. A, like a buffet? It's almost like a buffet. A buffet style? Yeah. Okay. So you can just walk up and you can, they have like this, like this hot light with like burgers mm -hmm. and fries. You can just grab a tray and grab your food and then pay for it right mm -hmm. but what they were doing was they were grabbing the food and then going back and sitting down yeah and they then were yeah they were mopping and <laughs> then they were leaving without paying or mm -hmm. they were making a complaint so they wouldn't have to pay uh yeah yeah freddie was talking about uh how he got 200 dollars worth of roy rogers yeah which uh he was like five dollars oh yeah we got your five dollars back <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then he says, oh, I hope Roy Rogers doesn't change the way Roy Rogers works because of this interview. And this yeah. person, like, he, uh, he's already uh, has this vision and that he's going to be so uh, uh, visionary and people are really going to be listening to what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, his comments about Roy Rogers are going to go all the way to the top and change. And I guess in a way they have because I think today most of Roy Rogers, you just go up to the counter yeah. and it's like other fast food places. Probably, yeah. And then you get back on the turnpike. I don't think I've ever eaten at a Roy Rogers, so I can I've only had confirm. Roy Rogers when it's like Roy Rogers or Nathan's Hot Dogs oh. or 
I guess some of these rest stops have like Panera's now though. Oh. They're changing. I would go to like Nathan's probably. Nathan's famous. Yeah. <laughs> um then we get into working. Yeah. Uh, in New York you gotta work. Yeah, or you ba- starve. Balls now are going on super, super late to accommodate working girls. Mm-hmm. Um this is where we get into discussion of sex work, but yes. it's this part was kind of lacking, but I guess it was limited because what was her name? Jenny Livingston, the director. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she's just this straight white woman yeah. that was uh, with a camera that go into these balls and uh, the interview subjects were telling their stories. Yeah, I guess um, maybe she didn't spend enough time or gain enough familiarity or trust from the subjects to get them to really go into their stories yeah i feel like working because it's kind of just mentioned but not explored yeah hustling is like it's just it could be its own documentary it's this whole other world that a lot of the you know uh trans uh and like gay men and 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 drag queens do to make money for a lot of that sex work is the only work they can get yeah like in um and Tangerine, mm-hmm. when we did Tangerine, they they were they were hustling. They were right. they were sex workers. And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and Venus just talks about hustling and 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 using sex for money, but not like. Well, she 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 says ninety nine percent of her escort work doesn't lead to anything yeah. sexual. It's just keeping people company. Yeah, going out to dinner, mm-hmm. and then she switches down to ninety five percent of it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then I don't, and I don't like this quote but uh, she's, a, she's a young girl and it's in the 80s so mm-hmm. perspectives were different but she says she compares hustling what she does to hustle to straight women like having sex with the, their man to get what they want and mm-hmm. then she uses the example of if a woman wants a washer and dryer you know they'll have sex with their husband to get what they want right um, you know I get it I understand it well, just the idea that what women want is a washer and dryer. Mm-hmm. Well, she's thinking of like white women on TV shows, maybe like right. like a, like a I Love Lucy or yeah. you know what I mean. And it's Leave another it aspect Beaver. of the cultural representation in this case of just women in general. Yeah. Well, I guess specifically wealthy white women. Yeah. Or women of means. Yeah. Uh, women of means, like they don't. In the eighties, this is was the depiction of them, and. Um, it is followed by Pepper Labeja, I think, talking about... Um, Sex change. Well, no, before that, just... Okay. Uh, well, yeah, with I guess with that saying, mm-hmm. even if you are a woman in this society, like, just even if you're just a woman, yeah. uh, it's, things aren't necessarily better. You're not necessarily treated yeah. uh, better. For a lot of these girls, that's the... The dream is to just be seen as a woman, but yeah, there's that's, still, that's, there's still um, the impression people get from being a passing cis woman mm-hmm. that's uh that's vanessa's i mean not vanessa venus's and octavia's goal right especially uh venus goal is mm-hmm. to just be uh a woman not even be famous mm-hmm. um but to be spoiled and to like she wants move to be away. a spoiled rich girl yeah wants to move away from yeah, new york and just live a normal happy like white picket fence yeah. life mm-hmm um, but yeah, being being a woman isn't just like uh, gonna be easy because you still have to you become a woman and then it's just like men, right? Yeah, there's there's certainly still lots of uh, oppression yeah. faced by women mm-hmm. for being women. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Brooke and Carmen extravaganza. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know which one's Brooke and which one's Carmen. Me neither. One of them uh, is talking about all the surgical work they'd had. Yeah. Including uh, what's referred to in the documentary as a transsexual operation or sex change. What Mm -hmm. now in 2020 we call it gender confirmation surgery. Yeah. And she's twirling on the beach. Yeah. And just being free. free. Yeah. But then uh, (laughs) her friend... Thrown shade. Yeah. Is that correctly? Yeah. Re, re, red clocked that uh, her voice is still uh, the same. Has a masculine timber. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you can get uh, everything you need appearance wise, and there's still um, so there's something yeah to be nitpicked at. Um. Then, then we're at the the convention. Yeah, we go to the. You know, we discussed, yeah, right? we discussed passing mm-hmm. and uh, just being in uh, the world and and work. Yeah, and Octavia is uh, trying to acquire model modeling work. Yeah, and is at this like modeling convention with uh, uh, held by Ford Modeling, the yeah. Ford Modeling Agency, and she's. Like I guess it's like in a shopping mall. Yeah, um, malls were all the rage. Oh, like definitely. stuff like that, and like performances in malls. Being and discovered stuff. at the mall. Yeah, being discovered yeah. at the mall. Um, and that's, and that's, what, yeah. that's what Octavia wants, and uh, she's completely passing. Yeah, there's footage. Uh, a pretty nice moment. It's like a newscaster because it's hey the the models are at the mall. All these women uh, trying to become models. Which one of them will be the next big thing? And mm-hmm. it could be anyone here. And then the camera focuses on just in the background, just Octavia like waiting in a line, looking mm-hmm. off in the distance. Yeah. And, uh, it's a really beautiful human moment, even yeah. though the, the '80s newscaster has a very obnoxious '80s <laughs> newscaster voice. Um, she, uh, the model that she was um, idolizing, yeah, the one on her wall that she, she said was, was her favorite. She was there. She got to meet her. Also, uh, Sherry, the other model, mm-hmm. she's from Coming to America. Oh, yeah, that's that's uh, okay. The 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 girl, that's the main girl, that's the love interest. Mm. That's her. She was a model as well, and she pops up. Wait, was she there as a model or as one of the prospective models? She was there as an already signed model. Okay. okay. Um. So this is where we get. Uh, we're cutting between mostly Octavia and Venus now. Yeah. Talking about what they dream what yeah, their dreams are what their fantasies are um they have similarities and that they want to be women they want to be rich mm-hmm. and they want more out of life they only differ in the fact that Octavia wants to be a household name and wants yeah. to be rich and Venus just wants to be a wife just wants to be content yeah wants simple simple things that come with having money and being a woman being a woman. Yeah. Yeah. And now we, we get a tide jump. Yeah. Uh, two years later. Yeah. 1989. Yeah. New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we know in the late 80s. Uh, I mean, definitely even just the 70s to the 80s, New York changed so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's definitely also the case in uh, the subculture. Yeah. Uh, the... Every, I want to say every subculture probably probably uh, hits a point where it becomes a part of mainstream culture, and that's what's happening Especially at this queer point. Queer culture and yes. black culture, so it's a uh, no surprise that queer black culture yes uh, is is huge. Even just two years later, after 
we are seeing these interviews because now voguing is being covered on the news. Yeah, uh, it's interesting because uh, voguing is being covered on on the news, but you notice that it's only white people talking, mm-hmm. and you and see uh, white drag queens, yeah. and you don't. So, yeah, it's true. it's it's being uh, presented as white. Um, but. You got a follow-up. Yeah, with Willie Ninja. Yeah, Willie is is doing it. Went to Japan. Yeah. Working choreographer. Brought his house. We didn't mention it uh, earlier when we were talking about uh, modeling and passing. We saw uh, the work that Willie Ninja did. What he did for money is he was actually got work at like the Fashion Institute. Yeah. And has worked with models. Um, teaching how to walk. Doing choreography and teaching them how to walk and, and saying, listen, don't, don't think I can't show you because I'm a man. Yeah. Uh, because I'm a man and I can do it this well. Yeah. Means I'm exactly the kind of person that should be teaching you how to do yeah. this and he talks about and he walks and then the the students walk and yeah. he's so much better than yeah. them yeah. so you get the one model that just fucking sucks yeah <laughs> no yeah. offense to no that offense person to that. probably did not make it but Willie Ninja made it and went to Japan yeah. and has it's the so necklace cool. or the, the earring yeah. to prove it yeah. and, and he promises he has the receipt yes it wasn't bought I love it yes I bought it um and that's one of the joys of the movie of the of the, of the documentary is that Willie made it happen Willie was in a music video and he got to choreograph yeah. it you know right when when Vogue broke he was there for it yeah but and uh, there's there's a lot of places around the world as as well that have ball culture because of willie oh we see a uh i think japanese man talking about uh like back at home him bringing uh drag culture there and uh showing it to his friends and it becoming a thing there he said hip-hop beats oh yeah he incorporated rap into it yeah but uh i feel like what he meant because also the subtitles do it when like house music start playing Mm -hmm. they just call it (laughs) hip-hop it's it's house music well yeah hip-hop in 89 is definitely different and was close to house Mm -hmm. music Maybe. So yeah, house yeah. house is like very important in, in like those spaces of mm. like queer black and brown spaces. Um, so I know I know like that that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of changes, and we get that that nice success, but it's kind of just setting us up for the uh, the big emotional punch. Yeah, you get that ro- you get a high, right? You get that high. You get Willie. a high. Yeah, you see Willie and then we get to see we're back on the pier and we just get to see everyone being oh, and transition. then and then it cuts from daytime to nighttime with this beautiful sunset and oh, it's our friend Venus Extravaganza now. We'll it's get to amazing see how they got that she's shot of her. They just got that shot of her just hanging the, there. Yeah, hanging by the water with like a giant uh like boombox yeah. metal blaster lighting a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Uh real excited to see how she's grown because she was very young in 87 mm-hmm. interviewed but what we get is a, a voiceover eulogizing her and yeah. it's uh it's angie pretty crushing yeah um angie tells us that um she was a risk taker and uh she wanted to do what she wanted to get what she won and um she she got the call to come in and she identified her body um said they were going to cremate her and that she was uh, strangled and stuffed yeah. under a, a, a mattress in a sleazy hole motel like, uh, for four days. Yeah. yeah. Fortunately, uh, 
sex workers, all right? And especially trans sex workers and especially trans sex workers of color. Yes. Uh, talking about <laughs> intersectionality, uh, just a huge uh, uh, history of uh, being victims of just heinous acts of violence because they're not protected at all by a government. Yeah. Because it's considered illegal work for some reason. And uh, their rights as human beings and even to just live isn't... Um, seen as a given right and uh venus is one of the many trans women that have lost their lives just for being themselves yeah and they never the the um, the documentary never gives you closure whether they found her her murderer or not Mm -hmm. and I, i think to this day um that person hasn't been found well as an ambassador of white america I'll, I'll say we can take the blame on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's uh, we get the Willie Ninja high into yeah. the the Venus extravaganza, and then well. we get we get the even out, right? We get the middle um, with Dorian. With Dorian, just ending ending the documentary with uh, even more pearls of wisdom. Yeah, I love this quote. You have it? No, I, d- uh, I mean I really uh, don't. Says everyone wants to leave a mark on the world, mm-hmm. and. Uh, essentially says um, she wanted to leave her mark on the world by establishing this legacy and being a celebrity and attaining fame. Yeah. But as, as Dorian's gotten older, he's realized uh, you just leave your mark on your world just by getting through it. Yeah, just by existing. And that if just people remember your name, then you just left the mark. Just having family. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, so, so many of the stories that are told through humanity is just about the value of family and all that matters is love. Yeah. Love your loved ones and your families. And these are people that are born into families that aren't, um, loving, um, where they're not included. And, uh, yeah, this quote does a really good job of wrapping up, uh, really fascinating exploration of this, uh, group that uh need to work five times as hard to find their family and to just get through life yeah dorian get the love that every human should have dorian's last words are if you shoot an arrow Mm. and it goes high hooray for you (laughs) yeah that's it says it just like that yeah um we get we get a little bit in the credits yeah um just some more some more footage of the balls. Mm-hmm. Some more stuff. Uh, one more title card with the glossary of Pig Latin. Pig Latin, Just yeah. sticking that on the end that, hey, Pig Latin, which I didn't know originated uh, in this culture as well. Mm-hmm. Had no idea. Um, we get to see our 13-year-old. I think he has the actual last line. Yeah. Um, it's talking about religion uh, right the community being like yeah. religion finding this community and is similar together. to what one experiences finding religion and having that acceptance and love and uh yeah this is gay culture mm-hmm. yeah and that is paris is burning that is paris is burning i get a little a little little sad every time I, I watch that documentary i teared, it makes up, me I teared yeah, up more it this time up. than the first time which um, movies that make me tear up or make me cry usually have the greatest effect on me the first time I see them. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I think it speaks to the strength of this that even that, like, even knowing, maybe especially knowing uh, the fate of particularly Claudia, uh, Venus, mm-hmm. to Claudia, um, <laughs> knowing the fate of Venus really, uh, yeah, I felt that loss even more. Yeah, at, at the what end. it just stands as. Uh, yeah, because it's not just her. No, and at the end is the the last message is just, is just so human. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not about culture. It's just about being human and existing in this world. Yeah, and it's so it connects. It hits so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, after watching this the first time, you know, I like I was born in ninety one. This is all before me. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned that shortly after this, many of them uh, died from complications with HIV. No, we didn't talk about AIDS. It was referenced a little bit, yeah, uh, in the movie, but that was definitely a huge uh, crisis. Yeah, that was disproportionately uh, affected uh, this queer community. Yeah, uh, Willie uh, passed shortly after uh, Labasia. Mm-hmm. And Angie passed yeah, away. Most of the people are dead yeah, now, which um, is a big shame. Octavia passed away. Uh, but Octavia made it to like the 2000s mm-hmm. and then passed away. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even talk about the scenes of Octavia's photo shoot. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, she uh, looks great. And and the photographer is giving her so many compliments because she's able to strike so many different poses. Yeah. And it's like, we know where she got that skill set from. Yeah. And also, just, it just shows how, like, how hard she has to work, right? Mm-hmm. And just how, how impressive she has to be. Right. No flaws. Yeah. Right. You, you can't have step. Yeah. Me- mediocre white are. people can get the spotlight easily. Yeah. Uh, you have to be ex- truly exceptional yeah. as a uh, trans black woman to mm-hmm. be seen. Yeah. Because if you aren't, yeah, that's enough reason not to book you or not, mm-hmm. you, you know, give you the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I remember I told you I had an interesting fact about about your quote, right? No, about oh. um, well, actually, my quote. Yeah, you said um, you're going to talk more. About yes, that. okay. So my quote is from the Queen, and uh, the person saying it is Crystal Labasia. Crystal Labasia, oh, the founder of is the House the, of Labasia, founder of the House okay, of Labasia. Cool. Yes. Um, but an interesting fact about Dorian mm-hmm. is that when Dorian passed away mm-hmm. they found a mummified bo- body in her closet what yeah and while they're doing the interview and stuff there's a body in the closet we see uh like a miniature sphinx mm-hmm. uh like uh just on on the desk yeah so there's definitely a fascination with like egyptian stuff but like a, a actual decomposing body yeah like an ancient one or like a recent one? A recent one, I want to say. Oh, that um, sucks. Yeah, there was a, a news article I read. I read. Never I read it. That reminds me of just Silence of the Lambs, which uh, I'm glad they didn't go into that with this because, yeah. like, you know, Silence of the Lambs uh, stigmatizes. Uh, as much as I love that movie, it stigmatizes uh, trans folks and says, portrays them just by having the only trans character being Buffalo Bill, just yeah, this villain. Yeah. Wow, that's fucked up. Yeah, the story. I didn't know I'd be thinking about this stuff on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, the story is that. Uh, Wait, you see the body in the movie? No, 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 no. It's just like uh, it's just there. It's just in the apartment. Yeah, where she's doing her makeup. It's oh. just there. 
It's just something I think about when I watch it now. Now that yeah, I have that information. Um, but the story is that it was an abusive ex mm. that, uh, you know, didn't get the opportunity to kill her because she killed him. I wonder if there's a way. And didn't call the cops because, well. I wonder if there's a way after we get like 20 to 50 more trans stories. Mm hmm of just like all different aspects and different kinds of trans characters where maybe we can get some trans filmmakers to make the Dorian Corey maybe that's a biopic I would want to see that is a biopic that um, is a good but like story. Do, do a bunch of other stuff first yeah so so it's not just like hey the big trans movie is about a murdering a, a mummifier yeah <laughs> yeah but interesting interesting <laughs> okay yeah is Paris is burning a movie or a film? Um, it's a documentary. Well, yeah, that's, um, that's and, the genre. And uh, because of so, and because it's not, you know, um, like a straight line plot, like like a movie or a film is, I, I don't know. I had to really think about it. Um, I can answer while you think if you want. No, I'm gonna say it. Oh, okay. I'm gonna say it. I'm I'm gonna say that Paris is Burning is a film. I agree. Yes. It's a documentary film. It's a documentary film. Um I think what makes a film a film, I mean, uh, it separates a film from a movie is nuance. Mm. Right? It's the de it's in the detail. Wait, but you thought Nebraska was a movie because it was so subtle. But I don't think it had nuance. I didn't think New New Nebraska really had nuance to it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I, that, that's 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 me. Okay. You you saw it as a film. And you saw the nuance. I did. not even okay, catch okay, it. Okay. Sorry. Um. But yeah, I think Paris and and Burning just has the nuance it is, is short and is compact and everything it says is on point and to a t everything it shows you a is lot of important what, yeah a lot of what it says and part of why it i think it's a film is on it's not only on point it's on a lot of points and yeah. it uh just has so much depth to every line um and works on many different levels and is just in conversation with so many different ideas yeah and weaves it all together masterfully yeah it's it, it's about gay culture and it's about black gay culture it's also just about american culture yeah and identity and oppression yeah and that is so much bigger than what they're just talking about it's really honestly just by investigating this culture and the different facets of it it's almost just about culture in general and yeah. what it, I mean, it brings up the hieroglyphics and mm -hmm. um, the, just what it means to live a life that where you're remembered and loved. It's just, it's about humanity. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's what films do. They, they speak to the human experience. Yeah. In a meaningful way. And that is Paris is Burning. Yeah. We will be back next week. We are leaving Black History behind for now. Whoop whoop. I don't know why I whoop whoop that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but we'll be back next week with a brand new episode 
Oh, I should I should say the the tweet stuff first. Yeah, you should. We tweet, I was like, we tweet sometimes. We tweet at Movie Film Pod. Same <laughs> handle for Instagram. Follow us there. Yes, we are. Facebook.com. Facebook.com slash Movie Film Pod. Movie Film Pod at gmail.com. We're tired of talking to you. We'd love to hear what you have to say. So let us know and we'll listen. Um, and we'll be back next week. Yeah. With a brand new episode oh. of movie. Movie. Film. Film. Own it. Darling. <laughs>